From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today, we look at school closures in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, and whether earlier closures were related with fewer local deaths. So much was unknown, and many schools were closing and causing all kinds of disruptions for children and for families. And so we wondered, was it worth it? We welcome Brown University's Emily Rauscher and Ailish Burns, co-authors of a new study examining health and school closure data following the onset of the pandemic. They discuss their findings. I would say pretty much across the board, we found that later school closure was associated with a higher number of COVID cases and deaths. And some potential implications for policymakers, education leaders, and other stakeholders as schools begin to reopen across the country. So this, from our perspective, creates an ethical dilemma that's not easily solved by online tutoring or other programs that can really just add to the burdens of working moms. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Hummeler, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Today, we're happy to be speaking with Emily Rauscher, Associate Professor in the Department of Sociology at Brown University. Thanks so much for joining us, Emily. Thanks for having me. And we're also speaking with Ailish Burns, a graduate student and a National Institute of Child Health and Human Development pre-doctoral fellow with the Population Studies and Training Center, also at Brown University. Welcome, Ailish. Hi, thank you for having me. So today we're going to be discussing your new study, which was just published in the journal Sociological Perspectives titled Unequal Opportunity Spreaders, Higher COVID-19 Deaths with Later School Closure in the United States. In it, you explore the relationship between school closures and COVID-19 mortality rates in surrounding communities following the onset of the pandemic last year. To start, Emily, I'm curious what led you to this work. Were there indicators or developments you saw either at the time or since that called for deeper investigation? Yes. Uh, So thinking back to that really chaotic time way back in March 2020, seems like forever ago now, so much was unknown and many schools were closing and causing all kinds of disruptions for children and for families, mothers, especially working moms, we're bearing the brunt of all of these changes. And so we wondered, was it worth it? The school closures, all the disruption, stress, learning loss, is it all worth it in terms of health and lives saved? So we were wondering, does closing schools actually save lives? And at the time, there was a lot of skepticism. And I think, I'm not sure about you, Ailish, but I was kind of expecting to find no relationship between. COVID mortality and school closure. So we went in with a lot of curiosity. And could you walk us through your approach a little bit? What research questions did you start out with and how did you attempt to answer them? So we ask whether COVID-19 deaths and cases depend on the timing of public K-12 school closures. And importantly, whether that relationship differs by the local poverty rate or the racial or ethnic composition of local residents. So basically, does it matter more in disadvantaged locations? 
And to address those questions, we used CDC data on COVID-19 deaths and cases for each county. And we look at the first wave of COVID and school closures through the middle of June. And this is about through the end of the school year in most states and before the Trump administration was intervening, at least publicly, in the CDC data. And key concern that we had is that county differences before the state ordered schools closed could make it look like there's no relationship between school closure and COVID deaths, or that there's actually a stronger relationship than there really is. So for example, state decisions to close schools could depend partly on COVID prevalence, you know, how fast its cases are rising and things like that, or counties with higher public health risks, high poverty rates, for example, could have higher COVID deaths and take other measures at the same time to try to reduce spread at the same time that schools are closed. So we use two different strategies to match counties so that we are comparing counties that are otherwise similar, but they differ in the timing of when the state that they're located in ordered K-12 schools closed. So first, we match counties to their nearest geographic neighbor in a different state. So they're really close by. And the idea here is that counties that are geographically close to each other have similar COVID exposure risk and the economy and the local demographics in the area are fairly similar. But because they happen to fall on different sides of a state border, their schools were ordered closed at different times. So it sets up kind of a natural experiment. And then we use another matching approach. This one is called propensity score matching. And it uh, identifies counties that are similar on a lot of measures that we can observe, but they have different school closure timing. And in this approach, we match counties with early and late school closure. The midpoint of school closure timing was seven days from the first case in the county. And so we matched counties where the schools were closed more or less than seven days from the first COVID case. And then with those two matching strategies, we test whether COVID deaths or cases differ by the school closure timing. So the idea here is that compared to a county that's otherwise similar, does a county where schools close later have different COVID deaths or cases per capita? It's certainly a complicated area of study with many interrelated factors that could contribute to outcomes. So before we get into your findings, I just wanted to ask if there's any limitations here that we should be aware of. Definitely. We use these two matching strategies and we control for a lot of characteristics of counties that could be related to COVID deaths or cases per capita. And we also try to control for other social distancing measures that the state may have implemented around the same time. But a key limitation is that both of our matching strategies rely on things that we can measure and observe about counties. There could be really important differences that we can't measure or control for, and those could bias our estimate. 
So for example, if counties where schools closed earlier also had big media campaigns to strongly encourage social distancing at the same time, that could bias our results because in that case, it could have been the media campaigns or the combination with school closures and not just the school closure alone. Another thing is that our findings may not hold in other contexts. This was the first wave of COVID in the U.S., and there were a lot of unknowns. And, you know, when schools close, school staff and families at the time in the first wave, because there was so much unknown, people were more likely to stay home and practice social distancing. But in other contexts, people may use that time to go visit family or hang out with more friends than they normally would. And so the key here is what are people doing instead of going to school? And that can be kind of hard to predict or measure in other time contexts or national or cultural contexts. And we take lots of steps to try to address these limitations that I've talked about. We compare only counties with the same dates of restaurant closure, stay home orders, and business closures. So as kind of a a check on our analyses, and we find generally consistent results. We also control for a lot of county characteristics that we can measure. We also did look at another later context. We tested whether school opening policies in fall 2020 were related to COVID deaths. And then just to bring up this issue, there was some concern about data quality from the CDC, partly due to politics. And we repeated our analyses using data on COVID deaths in cases from two other sources, from the New York Times and from Johns Hopkins University. And it was almost identical to results using the CDC data. So that said, let's jump right into your findings then. Uh, Overall, Ailish, what did you learn about the relationship between school closure timing and COVID mortality rates? So overall, um, I would say pretty much across the board, we found that later school closure was associated with a higher number of COVID cases and deaths. So specifically at the county level, we found that every additional day that schools stayed open, measured past the time of the first identified COVID case, was associated with between about 1.2 to 2.4% more COVID deaths per capita. So to put this into perspective, this means that In a hypothetical county with median population size and median deaths per capita, this hypothetical county would experience almost 1 to 2,000 additional deaths for each day before schools closed. And we found that this relationship held up whether we compared counties that were geographically close to each other or whether we compared counties that had similar characteristics. You also found that school closure was more strongly related to COVID-19 deaths in counties that had a a high concentration of Black and poor residents. Could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. So we wanted to look at variation by county-level racial and economic composition because previous research and data has shown that Black, Latino, and low-income Americans tend to experience higher rates of COVID and are more likely to have severe symptoms from the virus. So overall, we found that in counties with a high proportion of Black or low-income residents, later school closure was associated with a higher number of COVID deaths. However, we didn't find the same pattern for counties with a high proportion of Hispanic or Latino residents. 
So specifically in counties with a lot of Black residents, each additional day before school closure was associated with about 1.9 to 2.7% more COVID deaths per capita. And then in high poverty counties, we found that late school closure was associated with between 1% to 3% more COVID deaths. So based on this, it looks like the strength of the relationship between school closure timing and COVID deaths varies significantly by county level racial and economic composition. You note in the study that specifically did not establish a causal relationship and that more research would be needed to do so. But that said, are there any implications or takeaways here for, say, policymakers, districts, school leaders, or others who are now planning for or currently engaged in school reopening? Yeah, I see two main takeaways, at least from my perspective. First, we find that COVID deaths are lower when schools close earlier. But most importantly, school closure, as Elish noted, is more strongly related to COVID deaths in counties or areas with a high proportion of Black or low-income residents. So in other words, school closure seems to matter more where risk is high in disadvantaged areas. And this finding is in line with recent evidence that school closure doesn't seem to matter very much for COVID prevalence where infection rates are low but made it matter more where infection rates are high. So one key takeaway is that school closure may help more in areas with high risk of infection or high risk of death with infection. Another key takeaway is that we know that school, you know, closing schools poses major challenges for families, especially low-income and single-parent families. Closing schools creates very unequal learning opportunities because kids have such unequal context out of school. And we find that closing schools is related to lower COVID deaths in disadvantaged areas, but these are the same areas where kids' learning is hurt most from closing schools. So this, you know, from our perspective, creates an ethical dilemma that's not easily solved by online tutoring or other programs that can really just add to the burdens of working moms. So this ethical dilemma of COVID cases and deaths and learning losses or challenges for children and families, somehow policymakers and practitioners should be thinking about that balance. And finally today, do you think that there are opportunities here for future research? either for you or for others who are interested in this relationship? Definitely. I think first, as Emily mentioned, we can't make any causal claims about our findings. So I think that additional research on this topic using maybe updated COVID data or different causal methods um, would really strengthen our conclusions about the relationship between school closure and COVID. Second, I think certain qualitative research methods like interview-based studies would help us understand why schools are important for community health and particularly why they might be especially important in majority Black and majority low-income areas. I think that, lastly, research and events from this past year have shown that the pandemic really magnifies pre-existing social inequalities. So I think that although our findings are specific to the spread of COVID, it would be interesting to see more research on how schools play a role in population health or the spread of other infectious diseases in other contexts. 
Well, this is great work, and we want to encourage our listeners to go read the full article. Again, it's titled Unequal Opportunity Spreaders, Higher COVID-19 Deaths with Later School Closure in the United States, and it was just published in the journal Sociological Perspectives. Emily Rusher and Ailish Burns, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes or to subscribe to the series, you can find us at researchminutes.org. To share thoughts on today's episode or to suggest a future topic, you can follow us on Twitter at CPRI Hub. That's C-P-R-E Hub. Oh.